Previously on One More Thing. We got a request from a third grade teacher. I would really love to hear an episode about things that I can show my third graders. So if you have children, feel free to like play this episode for them. Cool thing about Julie's Green Room is that there is a gender neutral Muppet. The creator of Steven Universe, Rebecca Sugar, decided that she would just make another show where she could put in queer women and then she put in all queer women. This Twitter campaign went around trying to convince Disney to give Elsa a girlfriend. Yeah, so The Legend of Korra is the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, never heard of it. Cyrus is gonna have a boyfriend because he has a crush on Andy Mack's boyfriend. We have a special guest for this episode. Their name is Lindsay Amer, and they have a show called Queer Kids Stuff on YouTube that is targeted towards toddlers and young kids and is all about, I mean, queer stuff for kids. Basically teaching a lot of different versions of acceptance to a younger audience who doesn't get that. Coming up after this is... Lindsay Amer. It's okay to be gay. So let's have you introduce yourself the way that we have most of our interviewees introduce themselves, which is your name, your pronoun, and if you were stuck on a deserted island, which book, movie, and person would you bring with you? Okie doke. Um, I'm Lindsay. I use she and name pronouns, and for my person, I'd bring my partner. (laughs) Both of us got very emotionally (laughs) I feel like for movie... I would have to go with, like, The Lion King or something like that. Wow. Just to, like, be epic, generally. Yeah. <laughs> and to, like, make me feel like I'm, like, not alone with all the animals that will oh, hopefully yeah. be on the deserted island. <laughs> like, there must, be, there must be, like, my girlfriend and then, like, maybe some lizards. Okay. <laughs> like, sure. Great. That seems like, fair. This is okay. I'm, I'm going to have to pick one of the Harry Potter books. Goblet <gasps> um, <laughs> of Fire. Interesting. Yeah. Why that one? I think that there's just, like, so much going on that I could always, like, flip to a different part of the book. Okay. Okay. And, like, be, like, intrigued by, like, what's going on there. And, like, there's, like, Voldemorty stuff at the end. But Very it's, valid. But it's, like... You're not crying like, the whole time. Exactly. Either. And it's, like, fun. There's lots of Dumbledore stuff. And, like, the Weasley twins are yeah. there. And there's, like, like six going. plots. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I can yeah. always, like, And there's entertain. drama. Exactly. <laughs> All the drama. So much drama in that one. So, yeah. There you go. Oh, and the Quidditch World Cup is in that one. Ugh. Oh, Yeah. So tell us what you do, like as a as a person and as a maker. As a human, um, I have a day job, but I'm primarily an artist, um, and that just kind of like fits the bills and stuff. But yeah, I do queer kid stuff and just like generally doing um, digital media for kids that's queer focused or has like a queer mm-hmm. tilt to it. And I also help run a theater company here in New York. Busy, busy. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Have you human. always been kind of geared more towards children? Yeah, um, it like kind of runs in the blood. My mom does work with kids um, and art, so that like is, I don't know, kind of like the bloodstream of it. When I was an undergrad, I just kind of like fell in love with theater for young audiences. I knew I always wanted to do theater, that's kind of like been the thing that I've always wanted to do my whole life, and just like general creative art stuff. But yeah, I went to college for theater, I just wasn't interested in like 
anything other than like theater for kids for some, <laughs> for some reason I don't know why I loved Pixar and like mm-hmm. Disney growing up and like just animation and, and all ages content I've kind of just like stayed enjoying that there's something about like the universal storytelling of it that has always like really like and like the simplicity mm-hmm. of, of the narrative that I've always been really drawn to and like nonverbal storytelling as well I really mm-hmm. enjoy um, and there's so much of that in kids work I, I started looking at it like through a queer lens in undergrad as well and that's kind of what's so what there. took you to YouTube specifically yeah I was um, getting my graduate degree abroad in London and I was homesick <laughs> and I was doing a lot of queer work for kids and trying to like figure out what my artistic practice was and I was just like watching a lot of American YouTube because I was like I miss it and then yeah I just started watching like a lot of Hannah Hart and like LGBT uh, everyone is gay I started watching a lot of like Kristen Russo and Stevie Bobby people like that and I had this idea of like I want to do queer work for kids and it, I was getting really frustrated with theater and the kind of limitations of it mm-hmm. especially for this work trying to get queer plays into schools is yeah. nearly impossible yeah. um, so I wasn't really able to do the work that I wanted to do with the population that needed it mm-hmm. so I was kind of I was looking at YouTube and I was like oh here's a platform that's free and accessible to anyone who has the internet this is where this should be so it just formed kind of that function and yeah it, that makes sense yeah so then you created what we're here to talk about which is your youtube channel queer yeah. kids stuff <laughs> i love it because it's it covers a lot of content that yeah. i think is missing from a lot of media that it's is not very just for kids yeah, it's yeah. very beneficial. And there's a lot of stuff in it where it's not dumbed down in yeah. any way. Yeah, which it's is simple. It's yeah. simple, which is different. And uh, one of the things that I love that you do in your episodes is use a lot of metaphors, mm-hmm. especially in your episode about intersectionality, uh-huh. yeah. where you start talking about how it's the same thing as like a face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is so great. Like, this makes so much sense. So I can't imagine be, what it's like to be a kid watching your videos and mm-hmm. kind of learning and actually understanding all of these topics that aren't really even brought to their attention typically until they're much older. This is the thing that adults do is they think things are so much more complicated than they actually are. Yeah. Intersectionality. There's a lot that I don't cover about intersectionality in that episode, obviously. But like, it's it like just like the simple bare bones of it. Mm -hmm. Easy. Yeah. You just got to find the right framework. You leave a lot of room at the end of your episodes where you're kind of like, this is the basic, like, what this is. If you Mm -hmm. want to know more, go talk to your adult. Yeah. And, like, they can tell you whatever they would like to tell you. Yeah, it's really meant as a conversation starter each video. However, you don't do it alone. You do it with your co-host. Yes. Teddy. Yes. How's Teddy doing? (laughs) How are they? Teddy's great. Teddy's chilling in my room at home. (laughs) How did the idea come about to have like a non-binary teddy bear as your co-host. Teddy is my actual childhood bear. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) I have like pictures of me and Teddy when like I was Teddy's size. Oh my my God. Um, Secret, I had actually always used he, him pronouns for Teddy growing up Mm -hmm. and then kind of realized like when I was doing the show, why, why should my teddy bear have gender? Like my Teddy is just Teddy. Like why, Uh why is that a thing? And if I am like looking at this like personified object I have this opportunity to be more representative of like different genders and gender is something that I focus a lot on a lot in the show because it's 
from like a cognitive kind of like developmental like mm-hmm. an identity stuff mm-hmm. it's the first thing you really come to understand about yourself and like the audience that I'm looking at is like toddlers at least when I'm thinking about writing an episode I'm thinking about like three and four year olds and the way that their brains work those are the ages when you're first kind of like looking at the world and looking at yourself and seeing reflections and I wanted to have an example of something that was different in like a gender space because that's what they're kind of going through in their brains at the moment of like self-identifying in the episodes whenever I'm talking about gender I'm talking to the kids and about them Mm -hmm. and about pronouns and and figuring out how to like align yourself with that but when I'm talking about sexuality typically I'll be talking about families and I'll be talking about adults Um. which is how you can kind of separate that because kids I mean some kids know that they're queer and gay like at really young ages but typically that doesn't start to develop until a little bit later while your channel is very focused on a specific age group and a demographic it can be used for so many different things you as a parent can be like I don't know how to teach my child these things so Mm -hmm. watch this video or like these are things that exist already in your life Mm -hmm. here's an easier way to explain it to you Mm -hmm. or you can be someone who doesn't know anything about any of these things yeah which is what attracted to me to the videos in the first place as well as that it wasn't just gay content Mm -hmm. because when we started the podcast we were like it would be really boring if we just talked if I just talked about gay content and you just talked about lesbian content the whole time no one wants to listen to that anymore Mm -hmm. what's other stuff so when I found your channel I was like oh my gosh there's a section about privilege and intersectionality and accessibility and all of these different I mean I think if I just concentrated on like gay stuff Mm -hmm. it would be so boring yeah Yeah. (laughs) I mean it's like I don't know I feel like uh, I hear this sometimes of like my sexuality is like the least interesting thing about me yeah like I'm a very very gay person (laughs) if you like can't tell from like watching my videos and like just like literally everything about me but like it also is not the thing that I think about all the time yeah like like it's the culture I'm immersed in it's like the people I'm around the way I live my life but like the fact that I am gay is so not interesting at all there really are no other shows doing what you do yeah even beyond just talking about gender in the way you talk about gender Mm -hmm. those are the episodes that I want to do well because Mm -hmm. I I don't see that I mean I want to do all the episodes well because I'm (laughs) the other ones who cares obviously because I'm like someone who wants to like do well at what I'm doing Mm -hmm. but also because like I feel like I'm setting a bar right um, right. because it doesn't exist and it's all evergreen content too Mm -hmm. like whenever I put something out that I feel like I'm gonna need to like make a correction on and like there are a couple things like I've done already that like I want to do that for I'm probably gonna put out a new episode on bisexuality because the initial episode was a little too binary and like Mm -hmm. that's something that I realized like after I put it out and like needed to kind of like self-crit on and like look at in a different way and figure out a better way to explain that to kids because it didn't quite work the way I wanted it to and so like that's like a hindsight thing of like okay this is all like evergreen content you kind of got to do it right because you're the only person doing it I don't know that's it's it's a lot of pressure sometimes yeah I was gonna Um, ask if I literally could not find anyone else is there sort of like simultaneously pressure from within being like oh god I'm the only person doing this and also do other people sort of put pressure on you in that way like are do parents ever reach out to you and be like you're the only person who is teaching my kids this I've never gotten anything like that I definitely gotten criticism like from the queer community like on a couple things like the bisexuality episode I got a little bit of pushback just like people yeah I've I've gotten some pushback but honestly it's that's like not where I feel pressure from because I think the what's most overwhelming is the fact that it doesn't exist and it needs to exist now and like I feel that pressure to just like make stuff mm-hmm. rather 
rather than it must be perfect every time because I know I'm not a perfect gotcha. human and I know that like what I put out is going to be dated at one point right and like, I hope it will be yeah. I, I, I hope that like many other resources like this start happening I hope that like I can like you know at least set a bar and then people can like skyrocket past it I mean I think that like pe- there's so much content creation happening right now and I've broken through the noise to some extent at least because it's so niche but what I'm really looking forward to is like I don't know the like straightforward like talking head like educational standpoint of it yeah. to be like obsolete eventually because it's ingrained in all of our storytelling let's think about it this way your face is made up of a bunch of different parts like your eyes your nose your cheeks your mouth your eyebrows your ears it would be weird if someone's face was just their eyes right well our faces are just like our identities you have to look at them all at once for the whole thing to make sense that totally makes sense a just nose face would be so weird exactly It's really important to remember that everyone has all these different parts of their identities at once because everyone experiences those identities differently. Speaking of criticism, Mm -hmm. it seems like you might know where this question is going. Yeah. (laughs) Think I do. Think I do. While watching your videos, Uh something that both Robert and I have noticed is that there are several to many hate comments. Yeah. And videos. And videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, first of all, congratulations on making it big enough that yeah, really, I, people are like, we're not hating yet. you that aggressively. Yeah, it's a lot. All press is good press. Yeah, I guess so. You know, they give me views, and they're, all my video, videos are monetized, so I got a penny for. Are you much. getting demonetized at all from that? Like, I am not. Wow. I wow. know. You know what it is? It's because YouTube knows that if they demonetize me, they would have something coming. <laughs> <laughs> because if they can't like hop the bar of like all ages queer content over the summer I guess yeah, I think um, so. my friend Rowan Ellis who's an incredible uh, social justice UK YouTuber she like figured out that um, YouTube had restricted mode mm-hmm. which is used a lot in schools and libraries and essentially the user can restrict put it on this mode and it like filters out like quote unquote inappropriate content but what she realized was that a lot of LGBT content was being taken down that wasn't necessarily inappropriate that essentially shouldn't have been filtered out. Everyone is gay. Basically, their entire yeah. channel got filtered. Um, and they're like, they make content for youth specifically. There was also a lot of mental health content that got taken down. I know Katie Morton, who's a big mm-hmm. um, a mental health YouTuber, a lot of her stuff was taken down, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So when that was going down, I saw that like a couple of my videos had been filtered out when I like clicked on restriction mode and I like I tweeted about it like raised a little bit of a ruckus and lo and behold a couple hours later I refreshed it <laughs> and those videos were back <laughs> wow so YouTube knows and YouTube knows and I, I think I'm probably like on some list somewhere of like don't touch this <laughs> because everyone will have a field day I mean that makes sense that they yeah. if they were to kick you off there are other platforms that you could sort of oh, just hop over and be like hey Vim guess what? Yeah, I'd probably go to Facebook. I mean, it is sort of special that you're like literally the only person doing it. So mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that's a very, I'm untouchable. it's, 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 it's a huge cool. power move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's huge. And I have like, I don't know. I'm like a white 
mostly cis person who like grew up in New York like well, yeah. I so I have like the privilege to be able to do that I don't know if I was a person of color and doing this work good god I mean if you were a person of color and doing this work I feel like your videos would not like we wouldn't have even seen your videos because no. they would have been like flagged yeah. demonetized yeah. deleted yeah. sponge I don't know if this channel would exist the, the fact that it exists is in large part due to much of my privilege that, that's how I pay it forward or at least try to well you actually do some work with the Trevor Project and you talk about it a lot yeah they're great um, yeah, I connected with them because I did a video for them for Project for Awesome yeah. Oh, yeah. with um, Hank and John Green, and I got featured and got on the list of, like, they donated $25,000 to Trevor Project because of my video. Um, so I connected with Trevor Project because they're all great things. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I just put up, like, a two-minute video. <laughs> like, if, that's great. And, like, people, cool people, like, watched my face. And I was like, all right, uh, $25,000 to Trevor Project is great. So I connected with them because of that that's really cool did they reach out to you oh um, it was like a mutual like let's slip into each other's dms kind of a thing <laughs> oh my <I> see. <laughs> yeah. so back to the hate comments yes did those start sort of right away or did they only start filtering in once you got a little bit bigger they came when my first article on HuffPost came out and the very first like big wave that i got from the Daily Stormer. What is that? A Nazi. <gasps> what? Uh, yeah. Like, digital publication. Oh my god. Like a, yeah. Real Nazis. Before people realized that Nazis were, like, a legitimate threat in the United States. <laughs> I think it was maybe, like, a month after I put up the pilot episode. And that's the oh. only video I had up at that point. And um, they were like, Ugh! Yeah, and I got on a, like, uh, yeah, it was, like, a maybe, like, a week of, like, Nazis tweeting at me oh and, my like, God. and like comments and this was before I had any filters up before I had like redone all my passwords mm-hmm. before I had like I was manually filtering every comment on the YouTube channel oh, at that point I had to like wipe out my like address on like white pages I had to read like oh yeah redo all my passwords no one like hacked me or anything, mm-hmm. but it was kind of it was very scary. Um, so that was terrifying. And well, that was like the for like continuing past the yeah. first episode. Yeah, if it happened to me, I would have been like, "See you later, internet." Yeah, uh, I'm in therapy, so that's helpful. <laughs> but I'm like very much at a point right now where I'm like good with it. Not good with it, obviously, but like in a place where I know how to like kind of deal with it and put it off to the side. And like this is just kind of a thing that exists along with my content. The thing that I like am constantly puzzling over is the fact that I like it's very difficult to engage with my audience because of it people can't really comment on the videos oh, yeah. or else they get dogpiled which like is not something I want to like put on to like parents and, right and like I've worked through it all but like my like viewers haven't right I filter out stuff but like I, I honestly don't look at the YouTube comments anymore it's just like it's I, I don't need that in my life you know mm-hmm. and I'm not even engaging with my like actual audience because they don't necessarily know how to type <laughs> so, <laughs> I see. Uh, so right. yeah so like like what's the point of like engaging with the parents and educators like they're not my it's kids content is like a funky thing because you have so many kind of pathways you have to go through but yeah that's the one thing that I kind of like that's like the part where I feel like it's really like affected things Mm -hmm. um is not really being able to engage with my audience in like a super direct way at least through the internet one of the things that I realized about a lot of the backlash that you've been getting Mm -hmm. is a lot of it is just the general this content shouldn't be available to anyone under the age of 18 holes in anything yeah. that I'm doing. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of it's not about 
you necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's more about just like the idea of it at all. Yeah. So again, one of the things that I love about the whole thing is that you're just kind of like, no, this material should exist mm-hmm. and this is how it should exist. And yeah. this is what I'm going to do. You even have videos that are specifically geared for the parents of the children that are yeah, a couple, watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you talk to children about gayness and queerness without talking about sex? The answer is a huge part of what I do at Queer Kid Stuff and how I choose to handle these topics because you'll notice that I don't talk about sex at all. And here's the secret. It's actually really easy because gayness and queerness don't actually have much to do with sex. I want to talk about one episode specifically since we've been talking about TV shows yeah. mainly through the rest of the episode is uh, Danger and Eggs. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> Which oh, that's the best. I have yet to see a full episode. It's I only so knew about it because of A.D. Bryant. Same. Yes. She did, <laughs> because um, we love A.D. Bryant. She oh, did her, a press tour for The Big Sick mm-hmm. and it was kind of coming out at the same time as Danger and Eggs mm-hmm. and they were kind of on a lot of the press tour footage that she did, mm-hmm. they were kind of talking about both at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is the show? The elevator pitch for the show is a little difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's also like hard for an elevator. Yes. Like, yeah. it sort of needs she to be like three elevators. Yeah. She was just kind of like, there are lessons that you learn and every episode is kind of cool. And then she was like, and then there's a whole thing about pride. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? What? What was that you said? There is an entire season finale episode that takes place at a pride event and it's so, uh, I just. So tell me more about I Danger and Eggs. I love Danger and for so our listeners who might not know what that yeah. is. Oh okay, so Danger and Eggs, created by Shadow Petoskey, who is who is a trans woman, which is so, so important. I think most of the writer's room is queer. Like, you watch this show and you're like, oh, You duh. can tell, I think. Yeah. 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 Basically, like, an odd couple. Dee Dee Dangerous. She's, like, a kid, like, middle school age, probably, like, eight, I'd say. Um... And she is the daughter of, like, a stunt stuntman who is, like, uh, who, like, broke all his legs and stuff. Um, so she's, like, really reckless. And, like, she just, like, wants to go on adventures and climb, and, climb, and climb trees and stuff. She's, like, that kind of kid. And then her best friend is an egg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is, like, literally the opposite. Super anxious and fragile and, like, could break at any second. But, like, they're, like, best friends. And they go on all these, like, adventures in the park that they live in. And it's super queer. They, like... it's hard to explain how queer it is because it's very like within each episode and it's also yeah. a little like a little bit spoilery yeah I like. I, there's like there's an episode where they go to like a renaissance fair and they like take all these fairy tale tropes and just completely turn yeah. them on their head there's one that's at this like black market thing that's like basically like a pro anarchy yeah yeah it's it's a, it is it is essentially just an anarchist episode it's it's an anarchist episode about like barter systems yeah. and stuff and it's just like, where they're never explicitly like overthrow the government but they're kind of like if you wanted to yeah <laughs> this, this could work um, there's a character named Milo on it who uses they them pronouns voiced by a non-binary actor yeah which oh. is super cool yeah. Tyler Ford yes. Um, who's also just like an incredible and has an incredible Twitter presence yes this is true also Instagram oh their Instagram is great Um, it's it's, I feel like it's so rare on animated kids shows that you see like characters of color yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) totally unless they're like actual like purple right Um, (laughs) you know um, hair yeah and then the season finale is it like a pride festival yeah (laughs) the casting department took great pains Mm -hmm. to like to just be to be inclusive Mm -hmm. in a way that isn't sort of 
tokenism in mm-hmm. any way. And also, you know, Tyler Ford plays a non-binary character, but then I think also like a couple of the characters who are played by like trans actors are not their their gender isn't yeah. mentioned at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Angelica yeah, Angelica Ross, Ross yeah, plays yeah. the mayor and is just like there, and yeah. they don't say anything. And about it's not her like identity. look at our trans mayor. Yeah, yeah, no, and like I don't even I don't know how you would draw a character as trans. Right. <laughs> like that's like not a thing you can do yeah. in um, any way. In any way, yeah. it would be incredibly <laughs> yeah. offensive. So like you're just gonna draw a woman because yeah. that's she's a woman. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, they never say if the character is yeah. or trans and like who cares. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's such a good show. Listeners, everyone should watch it. I watched the whole thing in one night mm-hmm. when I was sick and I felt like I was having a fever dream. And then I watched it again the when I was not sick. The whole show is a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, right. I watched it again when I was not sick and I was like, oh no, that's exactly just how it is. Okay. <laughs> just how it is. I was, it's so good. And I like immediately was like, okay, I need to like get in with these people. I need to write an episode about this with Teddy. And we, it was like not on like the, we, I was doing a shoot really like maybe like the week after I watched it and I was like, I gotta get this. I, I gotta I got just like slip this in the schedule <laughs> and we just like super quick I, I like emailed my like um my like proppy set person and I was who uh and I was just like we gotta do this <laughs> like make me an egg make me some puppets <laughs> a kid an egg a part they do stuff but there's, there's more to it than it's kind of hard to explain sort of like a just uh, butterflies kind of sort of just you know huh? it's kind of hard to explain to completely change topics. Great. One of the other videos that I loved that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily queer content was your election episode. Yeah. That came out, I guess, like a week or two mm-hmm. after yeah. the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you created that because it's very different from the rest of your episodes. I was obviously, as a queer human, was incredibly affected by the yeah. election. I, I do live in New York in this like urban, I don't want to call it a bubble because I do believe we live in an incredibly diverse space. In this space where I'm around a lot of liberal parents and families Mm -hmm. who were hurting. I'm around kids a lot, so uh, something I was, like, noticing is, like, kids being confused about why their parents are sad and just, like, not knowing how to kind of process what was going on. And I remember when I was a kid and, like, not really understanding what was going on, but but still understanding, like, the feeling in the air Mm -hmm. and, like, being confused more about that and, like, why adults were upset. I grew up in New York City, so I was... uh, Yeah, I was was gonna say 9-11. Yeah, I was in school during 9-11, and it's it's, like, I didn't understand terrorism obviously I was in like fourth grade but I like understood that it was like something had happened and something was serious and people were sad and people were upset and like it was not something it was like bad just like bad 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 but like I didn't have like any kind of cognition about it but those feelings that I was having and the feelings that everyone around me was still having were very valid it was very pressing I would say there was like a pressure mm-hmm. around it and I need to know logistically what was going on like even like as a kid so I think reassuring kids that like their emotions around other emotions and like the kind of like empath thing around it that kids mostly have is a valid thing that they're going through as well and I think kids get kind of pushed under the rug in situations Mm -hmm. like that when adults are kind of dealing with the world at large which is important because you know put your own oxygen mask on first right if if it was helpful for a parent who didn't know how to talk about it with their kid and their kid was upset I think that was like an important video for them to see I appreciated it even though it's almost here later I was like wow that's actually something 
something really cool where if I were a parent, mm-hmm. it would be un- just another one of your videos where I could turn around and be like, hey, this is kind of what I'm going through because mm-hmm. like even it made me look at how I kind of dealt with it. And I was like, oh, well, I had SNL and all of these mm-hmm. uh, other things to to look at. And kids don't really have that. And it is also helpful that if it's a family who has shown kids your videos before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a parent to kind of be like, hey, like, remember this series that we've watched? Like, look, our friend Lindsay has more to say. Yeah. And I also it's it's one of those episodes is really interesting because it's dated. It like dates itself, yeah. obviously, yeah. but it like also, immediately immediately. But it also is evergreen to some extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least just like throughout this year. And I'm sure I'll repost it on the anniversary and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's become this like funky thing of this like we're living in this era and like yeah. under this like immense depression that everyone's just like dealing with, and I think that that's something that like we're constantly having to like revamp in our lives. Like the every time I get like an AP news. Yeah, it's great. It's really fun. So just like, I don't know, there's something about that topic that feels like we just need to keep reminding ourselves that our emotions are valid. And it's and and for kids to like, you know, like this is the time that you're living through in history. Um, And how do we just like push on while we feel like we can't? I want to tell you the truth that Donald Trump can be a mean person. The grown-ups who voted for him, they can be mean too. And the truth is that they probably will not stop being mean anytime soon. The fact is probably difficult for you to hear. It's difficult for me to talk about. But I want you to remember this. Hatefulness and meanness may have won this election, But love and kindness are so much stronger. You are our future and it looks so, so bright. So Lindsay, what time is it? It's time for one more thing. Ah! Anna's gonna love that. (laughs) Our game today isn't really a game. (laughs) It's more of a question and uh, sometimes we just ask a larger question and we fill each other in on things because uh, Jay is by far one of my best friends, but there is still a lot that we don't know about each other. Sure. So our question today is... What were you for Halloween when you were a child? So let me just really quickly say that I asked my mother if she would send me a picture or two of something I was for Halloween when I was a child, and she sent me four emails. Oh, wow. (laughs) Of literally 15 pictures of every other year of my life what I was. Oh, gosh, okay. So I do not want to go first because I have to narrow this down to, like, one. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, mine is, I think it's interesting. I was a big fan of The Wizard of Oz growing up. Uh One would say that I was um, a fanatic. Okay. And I really wanted to be characters from The Wizard of Oz for Halloween growing up. So there was one year where I was allowed to be a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. There's a really great picture of it. And I have this like very vivid memory of my mom putting lipstick on my nose to make my nose red. And then a couple years later, I was the Tin Man. And I believe mm-hmm. I tried to be the Lion at one point, but it never. I don't have a photo of it. But I was never allowed to be any of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Later in high school, I did, you know, the classic play when Dorothy meets Alice, um, <laughs> where I played the Wicked Witch. And my parents sure. were like, wait, what? Because this was before I came out. And it was kind of me, like, reliving my childhood, where I was like, I, I finally get to be one of the women <laughs> from the Wizard of Oz. That's such a sweet story. 
Sorry. Thank you. Cool. My mother would be very mad at me if I didn't talk about this one costume. She made me this like incredible astronaut costume when I was a kid. She like she like made it herself. She like oh my god. Yeah. She like did like I don't even I I think I like I would like specifically remember her with like plasticky stuff and like there was like a hose that she did and she also <laughs> Whoa. yeah yeah oh yeah she like went all out. It was just like this big like white jumpsuit that she like stuck me in. Um, I had like a helmet that she had made with like a hose thing <laughs> and she also bought um dry ice ice cream stuff well, okay. after, it was disgusting <laughs> but oh, like, like the actual like, like, like the ice MRE cream stuff. stuff yeah yeah oh like, wow yeah but like this was also in the 90s <laughs> so like she yeah she, how like, old were you i was i couldn't have been like more than five still the coolest costume i've ever had that's <laughs> oh, amazing she had these like i think she had like painted like rain boots white or something oh wow yeah. oh yeah she went whoa well, i can't wait to see this yeah it's great it's really great that's amazing mm-hmm. all right jay <laughs> okay so i mean we can just scroll like real fast like okay, great. so here's me as a cow <gasps> oh my goodness here's me as a bat <laughs> <laughs> here's me again as a bat here's me as a pumpkin uh-huh, yeah. as a bat. Always had everyone's a pumpkin. pumpkin this is me as a dementor oh, oh my wow. gosh yeah. yes if you show up as Dolly Parton in 9 to 5, I'm going to leave this one. I won't, but can you imagine? This is me oh. as maybe Peter Pan? I'm going to say. I have a Peter Pan costume. <gasps> I have a Peter Pan. Does I this Captain look like Hulk Peter costume. Pan? <laughs> um, vaguely. It like, or maybe it's like Robin Hood? I don't know what's going uh, on here. I feel like more oh. Robin Hood would make more sense because of the sword. Yeah. yeah. I'm just smiling away. Here I am, honestly, looking fly as heck. Mm-hmm. Among my pumpkins. Okay, and then I believe the next picture is the costume I want to talk about, which, nope, here I am as Pippi Longstock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is me what? as the Invisible Man. Wow. That's so good. Wow. How's the hat there? There must um, be a pole in the back or something. There must be. I mean, I don't remember. Oh, wow. There's got to be that's some sort me. of, like, clear. Yeah, I'm sure it's some, like, fishing wire That is... That's me as the Invisible Man. something I don't post, put past you at all. Oh, certainly. How'd you see? That's what I... There's thought. a little, like, oh, sheer yeah, thing, it looks like, like, right where the collar should be. Yeah. I don't know why I'm wearing gloves. Wow. That's um, unexplained. That's, Maybe just because it's October. That's the Invisible Man. Well, because you don't want to see your skin. Oh, right. Duh. Literally duh. Very obvious. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's the other, great. the two that my mom doesn't have pictures of are a sewer rat. Okay. Ooh, okay. Which, Specific sure. choice. Yep. And the monster under the bed, wherein Ooh. I wore all black, and my mother fashioned me a hat out of a dollhouse bed. <laughs> all right. What? That's uh, really you good. You know I was a weird kid. <laughs> yeah, but that's like... Yeah. That's good. Yeah, like the level of thought is sort of... Yeah, well... Astonishing. That's cool. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. To wrap this up, question one, is there a season three? Yeah, I need, I need to know. Yeah, yeah, there will be a season three. Great. Um, funded by Glad. Thank you. Um, oh, whoa. I got, well, I got a grant. Oh, oh okay. Not like specifically. <laughs> um, no. So I got a Rising Star grant from Glad. Whoa, um, congratulations. Yeah, 
congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they flew me out to San Francisco. It was, oh my it was God. really cool. I went to like a fancy gala and like I gave a speech at the luncheon. It was cool. Um, I felt so fancy. Um, but yeah, so uh, they gave me a grant and I'm going to use that um, to pay my crew for season three because um, which is great, which is all queer, um, non-binary, trans humans. Um, help Amazing. Me out. Yeah, we're going to do season three. I'm like putting it together right now, yeah. um, but I'm kind of pulling things together right now. It's probably going to be like another 10 episode season, going to hit in. I'm putting the other shoot dates right now. It's probably going to be in like January or February and then wow. go through the spring um, doing the like every other week things again. Uh, wow. <laughs> Don't you worry. It's going to be great. I'm stoked. Tell me more about your Patreon because we have one as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You Plug your Patreon. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my Patreon. Um, it is like the only way that I'm able to pay for like all of the monthly things that I need to like keep this going. It helps me with equipment. It helps me like just keep things running. We're going to do some like cool holiday merch, which is going to be fun. We're in. There's going to be t-shirts involved. I'm also working on getting like DVDs and CDs out. Oh, I cool. have all the music recorded. I just need wow. to like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start burning CDs and DVDs and hopefully that'll be something that we have ready for the holidays because I think that's something I'm trying to do with like getting around the comments and stuff mm-hmm. of like, let's give you guys direct assets. Right. So yeah, that'll be cool. You'll have like a season one of Queer Kids Stuff DVD. <laughs> <laughs> if any of our listeners wanted to find you on social media, how would they do that? They would go to at Queer Kids Stuff on basically every media, social media platform. Oh, <laughs> simple. My, my like personal ones are at The Lamerist. It's a plan, my first and last name. Oh, also because, oh, like, lamer. yeah, lame. Lame-o. Oh, I see, I see, lamer. I see. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, got it. it's a, you know, taken back middle school. Yeah, reclamation. <laughs> right? Claiming it. Well, thank you for coming today. and Yes, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Can't wait for season three. I believe the children are our future Teach them well and let them lead the way Show them all the beauty they possess inside What have we learned this week? Kids are people too. We might not like them, but they have some content coming their way. And I'm actually a little jealous that I didn't have this kind of stuff Yeah, me too. I feel like I would have been a more well-adjusted person earlier if I had some of this stuff in my life. So for you kids out there that are listening to this, know that there's content out there for you. Know that Um, you're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. Call up the Trevor Project. Or one of us. Yeah, well... Don't. Uh, One more thing, podcast.gmail.com. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. thank you to Lindsay Amer for being our guest this week. Yep. And it, for a great conversation. Thank you to Mega Burnett and Dante Reed at yeah. 440 Studios for space. Thank you to Teddy, Lindsay's co host on Queer Kid Stuff. Thank you to Sarah Kleist for one of our microphones and for Stephanie Hawkins. If you're listening to the episode, that picture you see of us, that's uh, that's Stephanie. That's Stephanie. Thank you to Anna, our producer. Who is not here today. She's here in spirit. Thank you as always to our friends with benefits on Patreon who are single-handedly supporting and producing, well, not single-handedly producing, but supporting all of season two. And we have some really cool stuff coming up for our Patreon subscribers, so please do it. Yeah. <laughs> if the episode is ending and you're like, oh no, the episode's ending, go watch. That's not us. That's not us on Netflix. Netflix and follow us on all of our social media. DM us about it. Great. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I can go to Cora next because speaking of doing it, do it. That's um, a good transition. I actually have a really good transition into Steven Universe. Okay. So speaking of if you're going to do it, do it. Oh, wait. I do want to read Rebecca's quote, though, because okay. it was really nice. Go for it. Okay. <clears throat> so now I finally get to talk about Cora. Hold <laughs> on. Uh, so what do you think? Because where are we? Legend of Korra. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so let's talk about Legend of Korra. Well, we have been. I know! 